Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Amen. I have to be careful here because of the sound. I shall try not to do that to your ears again. It's me. I need to stand still, and you know how easy that is for me to stand still. (laughs) Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. I really would like you to look at the Scripture. We normally see it on the screen. And as you know, we learn by seeing and hearing. And just to help us to get grips with this word, I really would like you to to turn to Matthew 1. At the same time, you can have your finger in Joshua chapter 2. So Matthew chapter 1, the lineage of Jesus. Why would we read all these unpronounceable names? Why does God even put it in the Bible? But it's a good summary for us today. So verse chapter, Matthew chapter 1, verse 2. Abraham was the father of Isaac. And Isaac, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. And as you read that, do you remember the preach we had about Abraham sacrificing Isaac? Do you remember how we learned how Jacob, there was a problem with his sons, with Esau and, with Isaac, sorry, with his sons, Jacob and Esau. And then last week, we we learned all about Joseph. Joseph was one of those brothers, Judah and his brothers. Joseph was the brother of Judah. And Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, first lady mentioned. She was actually the daughter-in-law of Judah, and you need to go read that story. And she pretended to be a prostitute to get her father-in-law's attention. Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Rahab, we're going to look at her today. Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, not even a Jew, a Moabites, who's in the lineage of Jesus. Obed, the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of David, the king, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, Bathsheba, the lady who David slept with and had her husband killed. She's in this list too. And then if you drop down to verse 16, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, who local people said fell pregnant before she got married, of whom Jesus was born who is called the Christ. Isn't that incredible? In this lineage of Jesus, I'm just pointing out five women, not not really respected in the way that we would look at people and women and respect them. But particularly, the one I want to focus on today is Rahab. Rahab. And now you need to flip back to Joshua chapter 2. I want to read most of this chapter. I debated, should it, just a long piece of scripture, will people switch off, will you go to sleep? I hope you won't. I could tell you the story, but you know what? The scripture tells the story far better than any one of us could. And as I read it, especially if you're familiar with it, right now, Jesus, what do you want to say? Your word. Holy Spirit, you wrote this word. You put every single word, every piece in it. Because you want to speak to us. 
And Jesus, as I read it and as I engage with it, I pray that every one of us will willingly soften our hearts, engage our minds, and allow you to change us by your word. And Joshua, the son of Nun, so what's happened from when we were Moses way back last, uh, last week? A whole lot has happened. The Israelites have come out of Egypt. They've been put as slaves there. They've come out of Egypt. They've spent 40 years in the desert. Everyone, except for two guys, has died who crossed the Red Sea and came into the desert. And now they're at the promised land, a journey that should have taken a couple of days that took 40 years while God worked in his people. And they're now at the river of Jordan, and they're about to cross it. And there's a city on the other side called Jericho, and that's where we are. Joshua, who's now leading the people, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. Then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were far beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above, and on the earth beneath. And then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall, so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, Go into the hills, or the pursuers will encounter you, and hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. She then, they then reaffirm the promise that they make and what she must do. But if you just drop down to verse 22, and they departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until the pursuers returned. And the pursuers searched 
all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men returned. They came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they told him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands, and also all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. That happened. What an incredible account. Do you know that Jericho is still inhabited? It is one of the oldest cities in the world. Damascus, there's a few others, but Jericho is one of the oldest inhabited cities in the world today. And at that time, when Joshua came, we were talking about 1,200 BC, and it had already existed for 5,000 years. So it's been in place for a long, long time. It's inhabited by Canaanites, and it's got huge walls around it. And it's been there. It's just gone on. But those people, those Canaanites, had sinned. They had displeased God, and it was now time for their destruction. And God uses the Israelites to conquer that city. Today, phase one of that attack is he uses two spies and a prostitute. That's who he uses. Phase one of his plan to destroy this incredible, well-fortified city. And today I want to speak four top four, if you want to write down, Rahab's faith, Rahab's works, the spies' works, and the spies' faith. Faith and works. We can tell as we read that, you can understand Rahab was a recent convert. She believed in God. Three things she believed that she states to these spies. She says, firstly, he is the all-powerful God of the heavens and the earth. Verse 11, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Do you believe that? Do I believe that? That he is the God of the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too difficult for him. Is our faith in God? Or have we had it dimmed down? Well, no, he's not really God. This, this, this. He is God of the heavens and the earth. Bigger than we can ever, ever imagine. She believes that God's promise to the Israelites that you will conquer the whole land is true. Forty years ago, from that time, God had parted the Red Sea. Rahab believed in that event. The Israelites themselves who crossed over the Red Sea didn't believe it. Are you believing what God says? Do we believe it? Or have, has our faith grown dull? Thirdly, she believed that destruction to her city was coming by the hands of these Israelites. And therefore, because she knew it was going to happen, she needed rescue. She needed a rescue plan. So she takes these two spies, she hears, never met them in her life, from the enemy, and she trusts in the simple way of salvation that, she, that they offer to her. They give her three conditions. Number one, 
put the red cord, that we climb down, leave it so that we know where you are. Number two, make sure that everybody is in that, your house, nowhere else. Because if they are anywhere else, we cannot guarantee their safety. And number three, don't tell anyone about this. More, I think, if you read the commentators, more for her safety. Because if she told anyone, she would have been killed there and then. More for her safety. A simple plan of salvation. It reminds me of Noah. A simple plan. Get into the ark. It's going to rain. Find shelter in the ark or you will die. Everybody except for the family of Noah died. Passover, when the Israelites left Egypt and crossed over into the desert, in, in the city, God said, kill a lamb, place blood on the lintel, and stay in your house, because the angel of death will pass over, and every first son will be killed. A simple thing. Stay in the house. Believe in the blood on the lintel, and you will be saved. And of course, Jesus. It comes across as a simple act of faith to believe that this man who was God, who lived 2,000 years ago, died on a cross, and my simple belief in that fact cleanses me from all sin. It's not my works. It's not what I do. I believe in Jesus, and I am saved. And I want to give one more example because it was also a war. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter, let me find it, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 33. Paul is speaking about his life and he reminds the people, he tells the people that the way he escaped Damascus was through out of a basket down a wall. What happened in Damascus? Well, on the road to Damascus, Paul was saved. He came to know the living God. He came to trust in the blood of Jesus. You know, that was his first, he'd been a, a convert a couple of days, not long, maybe even a couple of weeks. He was preaching in the synagogues, and already people were saying, uh-uh, kill him, kill him, kill him. The king of the city wanted him killed, and that's why they had to leave. He had to leave in a basket outside the wall. And you know what? His life didn't get better. It was just danger after danger, disaster after disaster. Did Paul ever say, okay, enough. God, this is not supposed to be how it happens. I'm a Christian. I believe in you. My life should be nice. My life should be simple. My life should be without pain. He had faith in the living God, that God was present in the danger in the horror, and had a purpose for him. Where is our faith today? God knows everything we do. God knows everything we say. God sees our suffering. And he's there, the omnipotent God of heaven and earth. Where is my faith today?
Where is your faith today? In your circumstances? In your status? In your easy life? Where is our faith today? What about Rahab's works? I'm going to read you as I wish you could see these verses because it's quite a challenge to read them because it looks like James and the writer of Hebrews are disagreeing, but they're not. So listen carefully. Write it down. Go read it for yourselves. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Not only is Rahab in Jesus' lineage, she's in the book of fame. She's in the book of faith. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Then James 2 verse 25, James 2 verse 25 says, And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? So the writer of Hebrews says, by faith. The writer of James says, by works. Ooh. Are they disagreeing? Absolutely not. Let's look at it a bit. Both of them talk about a prostitute. Gosh, Lord, a prostitute? That's just not good. Hide her away. Why do you have to mention it over and over and over? She's a prostitute. Hide her sin. She was a recent convert. She had not let go of all her evil, sinful ways yet. But God used her as a prostitute. He uses you and me in our sin. He uses you and me even when we're just saved. You can't say, but I'm not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. I am saved by the blood of Jesus, and because of him, uh, he can use me in my brokenness, in my shame, in my fear. Am I availing myself of the living God? Her house would have been an easy place to go to. It was a house of ill repute. Two more chaps passing the night in, the, in this house. It was the normal thing. But they were noticed. They were seen going in. And Rahab protects them. She, as both those scriptures say, she welcomes them. She accepts them with kindness. They were there to destroy her city or to find evidence and to find facts so that they could undertake this, this destruction. But she accepts them with kindness and with love. And she lies. She lies. She says, oh, no, 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 they're not here. She's put them upstairs on the flat roof under the flax. Just a little aside. You know the flax that she would have, was on that roof would be the same flax that were used to make the rope. So as God protects them with the flax, he protects her and he protects the spies with the rope that they put out the window. Incredible tie-up, hey? She lies. So how do I marry or how do we put together this faith and works? And I want to try and say it carefully, but her faith was a living faith. Her faith was an obedient 
faith. Her faith was not a dead faith. She could quite easily have said, yeah, I know that God is the living God. I know that Canaan is going to be, just, is going to be taken over by you. I know that Jericho is going to be destroyed. But don't, no, no, not me. Don't use me. I, I'll watch it happen. Good for you. I believe in God. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching. Phew, it's going to be an amazing thing. She could have done that. But she didn't. She said, I'm in this. I'm going to protect you. One woman with soldiers, this, this, she was risking her very life. Her faith resulted in active work, in active doing. We are saved by the blood of Jesus, by him alone. Our works will not get us into heaven. But we are not just here, people, hello, to get saved and go to heaven. Why are we here? Otherwise, we would have all been gone already. We are here to demonstrate our faith to the people around us. Who is your enemy? See it very broadly. Where's your comfort zone? Oh, I can't speak to that person. I don't know enough. I can't speak to that person. I'm just saved. There was a word for that this morning, that it's not about us. It's not about, I don't know enough, all the people coming. It's about allowing Jesus to work through us. If we have faith in him, we have to choose, hear me, we choose to step out in faith. We choose to go into those uncomfortable places. We choose to declare, yes, I am born again. Yes, I believe in Jesus. He is the only way, the truth, and the life. Who is your enemy today? Who are you not walking? For whom are you not walking in faith because of our Lord Jesus Christ? Rahab stepped way out of her comfort zone to say these spies. Before I go on to the spies, I have to do a little side note. Is it okay to lie? Just in case there's anybody here who thinks, okay, Lainey said we can lie. <laughs> All the words. Is it okay to lie? You know, you can get people who never tell a lie, have, are really good people, and they're going to hell because they do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then you have people who, and I need to say, in extreme circumstances where God is in it, born-again believers who need to lie. Oh, there are so many examples. Last week, do you remember who lied? The midwives. They said, no, we didn't get there in time. These women, they had their babies too quick. Remember that? Rahab lies. No, they're not here. I had the privilege of going to the Corrie Ten Boon Museum, which is the house where they protected the Jews from the Nazis, and they lied. They said, no, there's nobody in this house. There's only the three of us. My dad, me, and my sister. There's nobody here. There are times when we do lie for his truth, for him, not for our selfish gain. So Rahab's faith, where's our faith? Rahab's works, we see them. What about those spies? 
They had a dangerous mission. They had to go to this established city with these huge walls, a powerful king, go in there and spy out the land. They had to, they had to go and do that. And then they're doing this thing, and they get spotted. And oh my gosh, this prostitute? Well, she's obviously, I mean, what's she going to do? She's not going to rescue us. She'll obviously, can you imagine how they felt? Terrified. And amazingly enough, this prostitute lies for them and saves their very lives. They obeyed God and willingly placed themselves in enemy territory. And again, I ask us, where is our enemy territory? Where is God speaking even now to you and saying, yeah, step out there. How? By the power of my spirit, because I'm giving you, telling you what to do. Somebody spoke to me this week and said, God told me to, do, to say this thing to the person, but I didn't. And then what unfolded, if only they'd said that. Guys, let's step out in faith when the Holy Spirit tells us to do that. And then finally, their report. When they get back to Joshua, they say, Truly, the Lord has given all the land into our hands, and all the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. They could have said, You're Joshua, you should see the walls. They are so thick. There is no ways we can get through those. They could have said, You know what? We were so careful, and we really but where we went, and we really kept ourselves quiet, but they spotted us. They're far too vigilant. We can't do this. But in faith, they said, God is giving us this city. We can do this. Can you imagine how full of faith was Joshua and all the people of Israel in God, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. How is our testimony? How are you today? Oh, it's been a rough week. And it has. But is there something we can find to be thankful for? Is there something we can speak about to raise up faith in others? It's a choice. It's a choice. How are we speaking? Are we speaking in faith? So there you go, the story of Rahab, the wonderful story of this prostitute who trusted God so much she was prepared to lay down her life if necessary. So as I finish today, I, th I felt three questions I need to ask each one of us. And the first one I always ask this, and I will always ask it. Is your name in the book of life? Have you bowed your heart and allowed the King of glory to come in? Who is this King of glory? Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, who laid down his life. That red cord that we see in Rahab is a symbol of the red blood that Jesus shed on the cross, that we might be saved. And it's a simple act of faith. 
It's a simple thing of believing, saying, you said it. I believe that I, if I accept Jesus' blood as paying the penalty for all my sin, the wrath of God will be averted and I will be saved. Are you saved today? Have you made that decision? I urge you, it is the only way to have fellowship with the Father. Then secondly, are you feeling, I'm too broken. I've got too much sin. I've got too much shame. You don't know what my life's been like. Or are you full of fear? God used Rahab, a recent convert, a prostitute still living in that way, and he used her powerfully. He uses you and me in our brokenness. Does that mean we stay in our brokenness? No ways. Rahab went on to marry a Jewish chap and then was the mother of Boaz. She gave up her ways. She changed. Are we allowing God to change us? Not sitting in that place, but moving on. And thirdly, where is God challenging you to step out in faith? What comfort zone is he shaking? Then come on, I have a task for you. Step out with me. There are people there in your world who need to know there is a red cord. It's a place where they can find rescue. It's a place where they can find life. May we be people who go out and speak the word of God. Amen. And today, we get to celebrate his sacrifice. We get to share in his blood and his, his body that was broken for us. The guys can just move the tables a bit forward. This is something that Jesus told us to do. It's not a ritual. I don't know what, should we just tag this on? Oh, it's a bit late now, Lainey. Hurry up. I need to go home. I've got lots of things to do. I've got part, da, 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 da. No. Jesus told us, do this in remembrance of me until when? Until he comes back. We can never do this enough. We can never remember enough of this incredible sacrifice that Jesus has done for us. There's only one condition to share in this blood by drinking the juice and eating, eating the bread, the symbol of his body. There's one condition, and that is that your sins are forgiven. And when we've come to the cross, when we lay down our life, surrender to Jesus, our sins are forgiven once and for all. But if there's anything in your heart Anything that you're holding against someone, release it now. It's a simple prayer. God, I'm battling to forgive that person. I choose to forgive them right now. Jesus, I messed up again. Last night, yesterday, this morning, two minutes ago, forgive me, Lord, for my thoughts. Forgive me, Holy Father. Thank you that your blood 
cleanses me from all sin. I am washed clean as white as snow. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come to the front. Because we can pray for you. We can introduce you to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Mighty One. And for the first, and then you can go and have a, remember Him. Drink the juice, eat the bread, and remember the blood of Jesus and His body broken that we might have life. So come, let us joyfully, wonderfully, excitedly celebrate our Jesus. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.